0: How on earth did that happen?
2: Hello everyone and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff, and joining me, as always, will be my co-hosts and friends, Anthony Debundo and BJ Cunningham. And together, the three of us are going to break down the 16th Champions League match week two matches starting on Tuesday and finishing up on Wednesday. But before we get to all that, fun. Just a reminder that Wonder Goal is proudly presented by Bet365, and Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. Bet365 believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play, from the moments that are legendary, like us almost hitting our three-leg underdog parlay over the weekend, but Anthony deciding not to go with Tottenham, and instead picking Strasbourg, uh, to the ones that fly under the radar. Like Anthony forgetting to track our bets in the app and for the wonder goal account and missing out on, on, on several nice wins uh, see for yourself when you sign up with the code action and you'll get 365 dollars in bonus bets when, when you bet just one dollar whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 you must be 21 or older and you must be present in colorado iowa kentucky new jersey ohio or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1 800 Gambler in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, and 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, BJ and Anthony, we had a, a nice weekend in the Premier League, but we, we almost hit
3: the trifecta, leave off I forgot to track the bets. I should have bet Tottenham, and Messi is probably out for the season. So yep. our Inter Miami tickets are dead. And the Orange lost, So it was just a a banner weekend for me and us as a podcast.
2: Well, we'll try to lift you up here with the Champions League. All that is in the past. We're not ones to pat ourselves on the back or um, lament our losses too much. We just look forward. And that means that we're looking forward to Tuesday uh, when things get going. Uh, Once again, in the Champions League, we'll start with Napoli hosting Real Madrid. The Italian side plus 162 at home. A slight underdog. Madrid traveling at plus 155 in the draws, plus 260. These odds, of course, are from our very good friends at Bet365. Anthony, you are the only one with anything play here. I don't think we should be surprised that you're going against Real Madrid, and that always goes well for you.
3: Yeah, I've already. Uh, you know, if you want to hedge against this bet, just wait and then bet Jude Bellingham uh, anytime goal score live. He he will score live to to screw me somehow, and he used to do it at Dortmund all the time too. So it was very annoying, but in terms of this match the market has moved a little bit toward real madrid because vinicius started on sunday against or saturday against girona in their 3-0 win and he will presumably start in this match and so you know you do have to upgrade the real madrid attack which really struggled to create chances without him uh, and and was relying on you know the average finishing of Jocelou and and not a ton of shot production they looked really bad uh, in the derby lost to atleti and and i'm going to kind of uh, ask a trivia question, and I'm going to you know go further into this. How many wins do you think Real Madrid has in its last 23 Champions League matches away from the Bernabeu on the road? Wins.
1: Last well, 23, uh, 12.
3: Leave off. You have a guess. 10. The answer is seven. It's actually a lot less than I thought. And it kind of gets at the point that as good as this Real side has been, especially the voodoo they've been able to create in the knockout stage and at home and in certain circumstances, they have not been great. We saw last year in the group stage, uh, they got beat at Leipzig, for example. And I think this Napoli defense is extremely underrated. Dominant performance against Lecce over the weekend. Unfortunately, scored in stoppage time to burn my under, but did hold Lecce under a half-expected goal. And that's really been the story. Of the season. They sold their best defender to Bayern and have not, you know, and got a new manager come in and they have not fallen off defensively at all. And if you look at the shot numbers in Serie A, they're allowing seven shots per match and they played a, an okay schedule, not a great schedule, but like about a league average strength of schedule. And they're allowing seven shots per match, which is actually less than Jose Mourinho's Roma. They're allowing the fewest shots on target per match, the third longest average shot distance. This is an elite. Defense and they don't really press a ton. And I think that actually could work in their favor here. Real Madrid will not get as much space in behind because Napoli's not going to play this uber high line against Vinicius, where I think, you know, without Vinny, maybe it's better to press Madrid a little bit because they don't have that threat. With Vinny in, I almost want a more passive team. And and, and Napoli, if you look at like pass completion rate allowed and and PPDA like they're not extremely aggressive. Uh, So I, I do think that, uh, you know Real. If you look at kind of their body of work this season, first you can just do like raw expected goal differential. They've been considerably worse, um, marginally worse than last year, considerably worse than Barca, for example. And then you can look at uh, you know the individual games against good teams. They've gone down in just about every match this season against a good side. And, and you know they they the Vigo match, uh, they got a very fortunate VAR call uh, that they, they kind of overturned what should have been a goal. Conceded over one xg in that match. That's a pretty quality attack that I do rate. Sociedad scored early and should have scored again in that match. It ended 2-1 to Madrid, but again, Sociedad, you know, really good. Atleti pretty much took it to Madrid. So I don't know that we've seen like a complete Madrid performance against a quality side outside of, I guess, maybe the Champions League. So they're going to have to prove it to me here. And I'm going to take Napoli, draw no bet at home, elite defense, Oshaman, whatever's happening behind the scenes. He's still playing and scoring goals. So I'm going to roll with uh, the Italians.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking about a draw here, but
3: uh, I don't know. I'm
2: going to just gonna probably stay away. It does feel a little low scoring, and I think that uh, M- Madrid doesn't need to press the issue here. They can go there, get a point, get a point, and feel pretty good about it. Uh, we'll stay in Italy, though, BJ. Uh, we'll talk Inter and uh, Benfica. Inter's odds on at home, minus 125. Benfica, uh, plus 333. And the draw is plus 275. This is a group D match. We talked before the Champions League started about how one of our kind of hypotheses here was to keep going against Benfica or to go against Benfica and and, and not get caught up in what they did in the past two seasons is they've uh, been rated a bit less less their talisman in, in two transfer windows and it worked uh <laughs> in match week one against Salzburg they had a basically a meltdown there against the young Austrian side who cashes a big underdog uh, on the money line. BJ, I, I know what Anthony's going here, but I wanted to see what your thoughts here for, for Inter and Benfica were.
1: Yeah, it's a pass for me. It's obviously a rematch of the quarterfinals from last season. And that first leg was actually quite interesting, the one that was at Benfica, where you could make the argument that benfica was the better side for the whole first half and then suddenly barea scores a goal and then the whole tide turns and inter puts another one in and it's kind of all she wrote and even in the second leg in italy you know if you look overall expected goals was pretty even throughout both legs of that of that match benfica could put in a great performance against porto on friday beat them 1-0 sort of controlled the match dominated it but the question is with Benefica, and I think you saw this against Salzburg. You know, they obviously got the red card early. But Benefica is such a possession dominant side in Portugal. And Inter is honestly a very passive and a team that plays well in transition doesn't really need a lot of possession. So the worry here is that Benfica could get caught out uh, if they control a lot of possession and, and Inter could get them in transition. But, you know, I only projected Inter at plus 104. Um Maybe I'm a little too low on, on Inter here, but it seems to be about priced about right for me. So, uh, it's a pass for me. I'm sure Inter will win this like 3 nothing and just rip Benfica apart. But, you know, Benfica does still have a very solid squad. Even if they have lost some talent and they don't have a true striker up front, they're still a very good team.
2: It's, it's one of a few, very few matches in match week two that you can talk about how what happened in the first, um, game of the Champions League season kind of throws what Benfica has to do now into flux. Uh, when you lose to Salzburg as a big favorite at home, all of a sudden you're going to need to find three points, three unexpected points from somewhere. Uh, so you wonder if if that kind of plays into this one too a little bit, Anthony.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the way they play anyway, with the pressing and possessing of, of the Schmidt you know, kind of team, they're always going to be... In that way, I, I will find this match to be very interesting tactically. Like BJ said, first leg like, was at Benfica, which made it a little easier for Inter to just kind of sit off and let them have the ball. I think they're gonna do the same thing in this matchup. Uh, but I think Inter is better this year in transition. And I think that's the difference. Like they shedding the old guys and, and getting Marcus Taraman, who is such a good dribbler, such a good uh, ball progressor, and then you know, a pretty good finisher in his himself, uh, you know, makes a huge difference. They're also getting more production. Out of uh, Lautaro Martinez, who's been just unreal. I mean, he's not going to finish at the rate that he has this year. He's got nine goals from four and a half expected goals, but he's putting up zero point uh, seven six xg per ninety, which is considerably better than last year. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm really you know they rotated in the midweek, uh, and they they and, you know they got caught by Sassuolo and then you know they kind of rotated a little bit more uh, in the weekend and Martinez came on at halftime. So they've been kind of managing his minutes. And so I think their eyes are all set on this fixture. I'm just lower than the market on Benfica at this point. And it was true last week, two weeks ago. Uh, it's true again, defensively. Yes. Good showing against Porto. But again, like if you go back and watch how that red card came to be, how the penalty came to be, it came from them being really vulnerable in defensive transition against like a really young fast team who, who kind of hit them quick. Uh, Inter's not young, but they certainly can do similar things with more talent than that Salzburg side had. So I am laying it uh, with ben, with Inter here.
2: All right, let's talk about that Salzburg side. Uh, plus 180 at home hosting Sociedad. Plus 155, the Basque country, or Basque side is coming over as so slight road favorite, and the draw is plus 230. I would like to get behind Sociedad here, BJ, and I know you're going to say, I just... When the prices are big on Salzburg, I think you you go for it, and we and that already paid off. So I know it sounds, uh, you know, pretty biased, but we were I was on it beforehand. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me against Benfica. We all were fading Benfica, anyways. Uh, but when when it's the prices are like this, it's just, it just doesn't set up well for him. So your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's actually a really good tactical matchup here for Sociedad because you know, listen, great win from Salzburg. They got the Benfica, got the red card early, and then obviously they went on and won the match. But what we always know with Red Bull teams is that they have an identity. They are going to play high intensity, high pressing, and they want to play and be deadly in transition. Well, good luck doing both of those things against Sociedad because they not only are they the, pretty much the most underrated team in La Liga, but they just put a beatdown on Athletic Bilbao, who plays pretty much the exact same style 4 4 2. High intense, high pressing, and looking to play in transition. Like literally the exact carbon copy of what they're about to play here in Salzburg. And Sociedad yeah, themselves will play at of a 4-4-2. And their primary, primary method of attack is they like to slow the pace down, slow progressions up the middle of the pitch, and they like to do deep circulations, which is essentially just moving the ball from side to side, and looking to find areas where they can actually exploit it and get in the middle. You know, Take Fuso Kubo has been in unreal form scoring a ton of goals for them. I think they can play through this Salzburg press pretty pretty easily, quite frankly. like They are third in La Liga in offensive pass per defensive action. They're top six in build-up completion percentage. And listen, I just don't think this is the really one of the most talented Salzburg sides that we've ever seen. I mean, obviously, we talk about every year they got rated, obviously, this summer. But if you look back at some of the Salzburg teams of the past, you know, two years ago when they were under Marsh, the team that made it to the round of 16— that team in the Austrian Bundesliga had a plus 1.45 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. Well, now we're talking about a Salzburg team that's only around 0.9. So there is actually a pretty significant gap between what the Salzburg team was and what they are now. So I projected Associated as a plus 115 road favorite. I think it's a great tactical matchup for them. So like them draw no bet. And the best price you can find on that is minus 122 at bet 365.
3: Yeah, and one interesting thing, you know, Sociedad, uh, they had a poor start to the season uh, from a results perspective, and the, and the underlying performances weren't great. Uh, you know, they, they've aged a little better. You know, Girona and, and Vigo are maybe better than we thought. Uh, they drew one one with both of those teams, blew late leads, uh, but they were not fully fit. Uh, they had some matches in there, the Palmas match especially, where they were not playing any of their best attackers. Sadiq had not been in yet. Marino was out. Oyarzabal was out. Uh, it was pretty much just Kubo or nothing. And now with Sadiq in there, uh, you know Kubo's you know fit and firing, and, and the rest of this team has kind of come around. I think they played what's pretty close to their best eleven uh, in that match against uh, Bilbao over the weekend. So I think they're trending upward. Zubamendi and, and Marino is, is a really good midfield pairing. Uh, you know, m- arguably better than what Benfica's got right now. So I, I think that I, I would I would lean that way too. I, I can't quite get there because again I'm, I'm still uncertain about Salzburg. I want to see like a full match of them. I hate red cards. I'm, I'm officially anti-red card. Oh, really? It just gives us less, it gives us less information. After this weekend? I was so excited. I didn't get a chance to watch live, but I was so excited to go back and have to watch Liverpool Spurs. And then I'm like, well, if the red card happens in the 20th minute or whatever, then like the, the rest of the match is completely different now. And I can't learn anything about it. I want, you know, would a Tottenham, what would Tottenham have looked like? I don't know. We'll never know. We'll discuss that on Wednesday. But, yeah, I'm, I'm anti red card. It gives us less information, makes matches less fun. So that's my official position for now. <laughs> yeah, just, check in just, next week. <laughs> just let them let people
2: <laughs> clang into one another. Uh, we'll quickly breeze through uh, Arsenal and Lens, uh, the French it. side. Is, <laughs> the French <laughs> side is plus four twenty-five at home. Arsenal, How many
3: penalties will Arsenal get this time to, oh, to mask their mediocre oh, attacking numbers?
1: Stop. Stop it. You gotta be That's in the, the box question.
2: Anthony. What do you think, BJ? Anything here?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Lenz has had a very, very poor start to the season. They've lost a ton of matches in a row. They they downed Strasbourg this weekend, but the underlying performances for Lenz really have been bad. And, you know, they got the draw with Sevilla in the opening match. And Arsenal, I mean, we'll see what type of squad they have. You know, they did play a lot of the guys that were questionable coming into and they had a great performance against Bournemouth, so I do project a little bit of value on Arsenal, uh, you know, minus one and plus 105. So if you want to lay it with Arsenal, I'd wait and see what their lineup looks like for this Champions League match. I don't know if they're going to, you know, with uh, Wasaka and Rice questionable going into the Bournemouth match. I'm not so sure that they're going to play them again like three days later. So wait and see. But, you know. Maybe some steam comes in on Lens before this one, but yeah, do project a little bit of value on Arsenal, who is just fine, by the way. And I know Anthony likes to tell everybody the sky is falling with Arsenal, but they're fine. Everything's fine.
3: Yeah, the, the they are fine, but they are just not as good. And uh, you know, I've been the, the 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 market continues to downgrade Arsenal. Yeah, uh, I
0: do. and
3: and I continue to feel similarly. This would be an under or nothing for me. You know, Arsenal's uh, you know game control. Remains really solid. Defensively, they're still very good. Um, the question is whether or not they create enough against what is a, still a decent Lens defense. I mean, Lens' biggest problem, first off, they've run bad from an expected goals allowed versus actual goals allowed perspective. They've been pretty unlucky to be, you know, all the way down the table. Uh, the other problem, which I think is a much more real problem, is they can't score uh, because they lost Opanda and, and fafana And, like, they're just not. They don't. They didn't replace them. So uh, it's hard to see how they score here. Difficult away match for Arsenal in the Champions League could be a, a slow match, kind of methodical in a way. Uh, from the from the Gunners, I see them as you know we're going to get ahead and then we're just going to sit on the ball in very Arteta esque style. So yeah, it's under nothing here for me.
2: Uh, PSV and Sevilla. Bj. PSV minus one ten. <laughs> their odds on at home. Sevilla traveling as plus two eighty underdogs and the Jaws, plus plus two sixty. You're the only one with anything here.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not just fade Sevilla week in and week out again? Um, Sevilla's defense continues to just be unbelievably horrible. They they look decent sometimes in attack. You know, getting the ball to end the area on crosses has been working for them. They've scored some low-quality chances, specifically against Almeria from outside the box. Um, but this PSV attack, I mean, we didn't really see it much against Arsenal because Arsenal controlled that match, but... We talked about it in the preview pod. The, the pieces they have with Lang, with Irving Lozano, Ricardo Pepe, Bakioko, This attack can give Sevilla a lot of problems. And this is also a PSV team that has just been housing teams in the area gearing up for a match like this, while Sevilla just continues to leak goals. They've conceded over one expected goal in every single match that they have played so far this season. So projected PSV pretty as a pretty substantial favorite here so uh getting them at even money i think is uh a very very cheap price and a psv team that is desperate as well because they lost their
2: opening match to arsenal finally uh, a party united minus 225 huh. at home <laughs> against uh galatasaray plus 600 uh the draws plus 350 faded united over the weekend worked out wonderfully you can't roy hodgson just doesn't lose at old trafford no uh in fact he just all he does is win at the theater of dreams, so that was a wonderful, wonderful hit. And the reason I'm bringing it up is, like, if you're comparing Crystal Palace to Galatasaray, Palace is probably the neutral field favorite by a little bit, but it's not like a a massive difference. I would say in terms of like talent in, in like a one off game. So Palace closed plus four seventy five, five to one ish against United at uh Old Trafford, and now we're looking at uh Galatasaray it's six to one so even after another uh dreadful performance from United nothing too shocking in the market I would say which is a little strange I'm on the money line here with with Galatasaray I shouldn't be a surprise it's pretty easy argument to make it's one that I've made a bunch of times this season I will be backing United when they're big underdogs because obviously the upside is still significant with this team but the floor is just so low with the way they're going right now. They could lose to anybody at any venue in the competitions they're playing. And then, uh, until they get all that sorted out, it's anytime that they're going to be serving up numbers like this, I'll be in on it. And as disappointing as a, uh, draw against Copenhagen was at home for the Turkish side. Like it was just, they couldn't score. Uh, that, that game that game should have been over in, like, 15 minutes. But, uh, of course, it wasn't. Anthony, uh, what are your thoughts here?
3: Yeah, I mean, they played a great first half-ish, 30 minutes against Copenhagen. Overall, like, you just pull up, like, advanced box score from that match. Red card was late, so it didn't matter. But the, the overall look on it, right? 15 touches in the penalty area for Copenhagen, 23 for Galatasaray xg 1.1 to 0.6 like it was a okay home result against a much inferior team it was not particularly inspiring as for someone who was expecting them to kind of roll in that match and bet them to do so the market also moved hard against them which i will always respect uh, so what does that mean for this i lean clearly toward galatasaray there's a reason i we all bet them to advance from this group i am not going to add more to my position unlike the Napoli thing where I'm like, all right, I have a Napoli group ticket, but I'm going to add more. This situation, I'm going to say, all right, you know what? Not going to bet this match. Going to wait and see how, you know, this plays out. If you're not invested in Galatasaray, then yes, I would invest in them plus one and a quarter here. Uh, I I do think that, you know, United, we talked about them on Thursday and we said, well, maybe, you know, I kind of gave this like, if you squint, maybe they're figuring some things out here. No, that was not the case on Saturday. Pretty dull attacking performance from them lifeless Rashford continues to make bad decisions uh you know from from wide areas uh, crossing and 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 shooting and uh Hoyland has not really popped thus far so you know as much as I think the midfield could improve they're playing Aberbat out of position they're still dealing with all these injuries they're just not a very good team at the moment
2: yep they're not a very good team at the moment and yet they really? are uh, minus 225 and yet, I, we can't get Bj to. I, I take no baiting.
0: pleasure
3: in reporting this. United is overrated, or was overrated coming into the season, perhaps. Yeah. Mm.
2: Perhaps. And all we hear is Bj talk about how he left the bet against this team, and we couldn't get him in on Palace with us. Um, it's true. He was too can't We can't get him in on in. on Galatasaray here either.
3: I was too scared oh, to. Oh, I was too scared about the money line, whoa, so whoa, I whoa, I'll
1: on them. I just like there's something I like just a little bit more. I love the over here because I think we need to highlight some of the. Things that could go wrong for Galatasaray in this match. You know, <laughs> Anthony mentioned that match against Copenhagen. Uh, Copenhagen forced 16 high turnovers. That was the most of anybody in the first match week or match day uh, in the Champions League. Uh, United's forced 81 high turnovers this season in the Premier League. That is the most of anybody in England. So there is a very concerning <laughs> type of uh, thing that could go wrong for Galatasaray. And you saw it with that match against Copenhagen is that the Galatasaray matches can be very chaotic, very end-to-end because of their style of play. They like to sit in you know, a 4-4-2 mid-block, set a lot of pressing traps and try to win the ball off somewhat high in the kind of that mid right across the halfway line. And then they, they just want to do quick, quick transitions. And that really leaves them open once they re-lose the ball and it kind of just creates this chaotic match. What do we know about Manchester United? Well, Eric Tenhog has said many times that he wants them to become the best transition team in the world and actually i think united is a decent transition team they're not a good build-up team they're actually a horrible build-up team but they are pretty good in transition And with mason mount being re- reintegrated to the squad i think it makes it a lot lot easier for them to get at this right team pick out those passes get the ball out wide i mean it was a it was a bad performance against crystal palace like if we could highlight that united only created 1.3 xg and Took 19 shots, controlled 77% possession, but this is a much different opponent than what Crystal Palace was because obviously Crystal Palace scored early and then they just sat off and dared United to break them down and United couldn't do it. Galatasaray, I mean, last season in the Turkish Super League, they conceded 1.54 XG per 90 minutes because of their high intensity and, and very open style of play. So I think this is a very back and forth, open type matchup. We'll be on the Galatasaray money line. Don't count me out, guys. But right. I do like over three goals at uh, minus one fifteen, which I do project three point nine goals. So I think it's the totals far too low here for what should be a very open back and forth type match, very fun one, honestly.
3: Yeah, it should be said they still did complete fifteen passes in the penalty area against Copenhagen. So you know the ball progression yeah. is good. It's just uh, at the
1: start? other end.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Copenhagen's sixty nine percent pass completion rate against Galatasaray, too, which is uh, the second lowest of any team in the first match day.
1: Yeah, and Lissandro Martinez is going to be out for a, a very expen- extended period of time. So there is your best uh, build up center back uh, to build out of the back. Well, he
3: he so, hasn't been this year. He, but he hasn't. Yeah, been, but like
1: yeah. the options behind him aren't great either. So it's right. it's going to have to be send the ball long and let's play a transitional match with Galatasaray, which should be a lot of fun.
2: All right, I uh, will wrap up uh, Tuesday's slates with a pretty quick conversation about these next two matches. None of us have anything on Copenhagen. They're twelve to one on the three-way line at home, hosting Bayern, who are minus five hundred. The draw is six to one. I'll give you guys three to one if you want to pipe up and say anything here. Nope. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Union Berlin. Then, uh, almost got a point uh, against Real Madrid there until, like Anthony said, Jude Bellingham popped up again in what the 96 minute was it with him for that one uh they're minus 110 at home hoping hosting braga who are three to one on the money line and the draw is uh plus 260 this is a 1245 kickoff so tuesday's champions league matches are interestingly set up from uh just like a betting perspective the two 1245 games are at salzburg hosting sociedad and and this one so for people who are just looking for action like that's their choices um Interesting. I would be interested to just hear what people who are doing that just just throwing like you know ten or fifteen bucks for for a fun sweat to get them through the early part of a Tuesday afternoon till the three p.m. matches till they till they lose money on Galatasaray uh, where they end up and why. But Bj, you're maybe helping some people out here.
1: Yeah, I mean, why is Union Berlin laying a full half goal here? Like
2: there is really no
1: reason why they should be. It, we've seen so far in the Bundesliga for them, I and mean, they've lost what four straight matches now do we have to have the conversation of when's the positive regression going to hit Union Blint because they haven't scored for three matches and they've created four expected goals. Now, you know, Heidenheim got the win against them over the weekend, but Union Blint did create 2.2 expected goals, but that is a horrific defense that they just played. Now they're going to take on a Braga side that I thought put in a pretty decent performance against Napoli in in the first match day. Like they didn't get run over. They obviously conceded around halftime and, as the match got on late, they started coming at them in flurry and actually hit the, hit the post, uh, with one that could have gone in uh, to tie that match. So no reason why Union Berlin should be minus 120 here. Project this pretty close to a pick-em. Uh, Braga in the Portuguese Premier League, they got to play on Thursday. Union Berlin had to play on Saturday, so two days extra of rest for Braga as Portugal accommodated their Champions League Uh uh, match on Tuesday giving them extra rest so a uh, decent spot here for Braga who honestly their style of play as well fits well they like to do a lot of deep circulation so you know moving the ball side to side because they play a lot of low blocks in Portugal should work pretty well here against Leon Blin, who has allowed the most crosses of any team in the Bundesliga into their penalty area. so this really good low block that we always talk about is conceding chances this year so the defense is falling off mm. now I mean we just got to keep faith them uh wednesday
3: union berlin's linsanity run is over it is uh,
2: i'm sure they'll reel off now every time anthony says that i feel like the team then just reels off uh a real nice hot stretch here yep wednesday time we'll start with uh, el gasico as anthony's friend coined we'll give him credit uh for, for that it's newcastle and psg basically a Pick them on the three-way line with Newcastle slight home favorite, plus 155. The Parisians are plus 160, and the draw is plus 275. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my thinking here Went with the draw on Newcastle's first match and somehow got that one over the line against Milan. That was quite a sweat, man. Oh, my God.
3: Just how you drew it up. 14 Milan shots in the first half. Most shots they've ever conceded under Eddie Howe. 25.
2: nil uh, I'll be back on the draw here. I think that uh, this match just won't... It'll almost feel like a little bit of a rugby match, like phases more than a back-and-forth affairs. We've talked a lot about uh, the Premier League, everyone running to be on the front foot, it seems like, and I know Newcastle was scoring at will uh, recently, but they they seem to be a little bit of an outlier in that regard, so I don't think it's ever going to be a bad idea. I mean, they drew a lot of matches last year, too, so I don't think the draw is ever... Uh, Going to be a bad play, except maybe when they take on Sheffield United. So I'll be back here uh, on the draw here, I think, plus 275 in what I think is going to be more of a slog than you might think, considering all the talent on the pitch here. Uh, Anthony, what about you?
3: Under. I'm back. Newcastle under. Three goals, minus 112. Uh, look, if you pull between the posts, does some really good stuff on um, pass charts, maps. And if you pull up what PSG looks like under Luis Enrique, it is football terrorism. It is it is so painful. It's just it's like Spain from from the World Cup at times. Like it's just center back, center back, right back, center back, center back, center mid, center back, center back, center mid, center back. Eventually we get to Mbappe and then he does something. And Newcastle, you know, am I worried about Kieran Trippier going up against Kylian Mbappe? Of course. That's going to be a disaster. But Uh, I think, you know, the way this team defends continues to be elite defensively, conceded nothing to Burnley, conceded almost nothing to Sheffield. Obviously, you know, PSG has better attackers than that, but still like, this is a defense that has continuously stayed elite. The attack had that one game in the sun, but I think Howe's going to go for a more conservative approach because he knows that they're going to be having less of the ball in this match. And that's what Newcastle wants. They want Newcastle. They want they want the other team to have the ball and they want to break in transition, get one-on-ones and then, you know, run at, run at defenders with it. You know, Harvey Barnes is, is a loss for their attack. And PSG, I thought it was interesting. When when City played Newcastle, they were so conservative and so passive and just kept the ball for the whole match and did nothing. Nothing happened in the match. It was a terrible soccer match. They won 1-0. Enrique is kind of in the same school where it's like, well, they can't score and hit us in transition if they never have the ball. And if we always have the ball and never do anything with it, It's a perfect setup for us. So I think there's going to be a lot of stale possession here. So uh, under three for me, I think it's a little high. And uh, I'm going to bet that.
2: Uh, Anything for you here, El Gasico, BJ? Yeah,
1: I love Newcastle here. I think it's a fantastic spot for them. You know, Anthony mentioned Luis Enrique's possession, dominant style. Here's a trivia question for you guys. Over or under 70% possession so far on average for PSG and league 1? Well,
3: obviously over. I'll take the under
1: 71.6% of that possession on average for PSG and League on One hundred and ninety two ten plus pass sequences, 91 more than the next closest team in France.
0: Is it Marseille? Uh,
1: I'm not sure who this the next team is, but there is a match that PSG has played this season in France that I want to point out. The match against Nice, where they lost three to two. Nice did things very, very similar to what Newcastle is going to do to them. They didn't press them high. They kind of sat off, set some pressing traps, actually forced a lot of high turnovers. One of them eventually led to a goal. And then they killed PSG multiple times in transition and scored two goals off of it. Newcastle is going to take it to even a a, a much larger level because they are one of the most physical teams to try to build out through in the entire world. So, if I mean, PSG is obviously going to try to build out of the back. They're not going to send the ball along and, and get mixed up in a transition match with Newcastle, like Anthony said, I'm sure they're going to try to slow the pace down, but this isn't in Paris. This is at St. James Park where Newcastle is amazing. I mean, they have a plus 1.47 expected goal differential per 90 minutes in the Premier League since the start of last season. Now, the other thing about PSG under Enrique is things have kind of changed from what they were in the past. You know, If you remember in the Champions League in the past, PSG would get to this part when they'd face a team that could control possession now, not necessarily Newcastle, but they would sit off. They wouldn't press because obviously they had Mbappe, Messi and Neymar who really wouldn't do much defensive work. Well, now PSG is pressing high. They're trying to win the ball back because of the front three that they have, They're the guys that do more defensive. They have a pass per defensive action of eight right now. Last season under Galtier, it was at 11. So that just shows how much more intense PSG is. with their pressing. If they try to do that with Newcastle, that's going to play right into their hands. Cause Newcastle is just going to play a bunch of long balls, a bunch of uh, over-the-top to eShock, Al and all of their attackers, and just make this a up-and-down transitional type match. So really, the pace of this match is going to be very, very interesting because Newcastle obviously wants it to be high and uh, fast, while PSG wants it to be slow. And yes, you know, Kieran Trippier going against Mbappe is going to be a nightmare. It's going to be terrible. But Newcastle can do things with their, press, pre, uh, their uh, pressing traps to cause a lot of problems for PSG. Similar to what Nice did to them. So uh, I like Newcastle draw no bet at minus 120 here. I actually projected Newcastle around an even money favorite. I think that the market is far too low on them. I think it's far too high on PSG, who's honestly not been in that great of form in Ligue 1 anyway. I know they played a dominant match over against Dortmund in the first Champions League, but Dortmund, with what we've talked about, is a very, very overrated team at this point. So Newcastle draw no bet at minus 120 for me.
0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: All right, on to that overrated Dortmund side. Plus <laughs> 145 hosting Milan. 10-man
3: uh, Dortmund, by the way, scoring in stoppage time on Friday to burn the under. I hate red cards. We'll see if uh, we can end
2: this match with with 22 players on the field for you, Anthony. Uh, Milan's plus 180, and the draw's plus 280. Uh, not too interesting from a branding perspective here. What are your thoughts, though, Anthony?
3: I will have the preview for this match where I will have a bet. Probably going to be diving into props because this match, uh, from a side and total perspective, looks about right to me. Milan is the better team. Dortmund gets their home field advantage. Uh, you know, Milan is not going to take a ton of chances in possession here. They're going to be extremely passive. And they've shown uh, some some real quality defending. So, you know, I don't think this is going to be similar to what Milan just did to Newcastle, where Milan actually let Newcastle have some of the ball and then crushed them in transition and, and dominated those areas. Uh, you know, so I would lean toward the under if you had to bet a total here just because I, I do think Milan is passive and, and Dortmund's attack continues to be quite average. They're not getting good shot volume at all. Full Krug scores, you know, their first big chance, they get a penalty against a pretty bad Hoffenheim defense. Uh, but again, like they've created a ton of chances. If you just pull up the XG table in, Dor- in, in Germany, but they have played such a weak schedule, uh, that their numbers are all inflated across the board right now. And, uh, and I think that there's some some flaws there. So, yeah, under nothing from the from the total perspective, I'm gonna be diving into props and, and kind of breaking this down more tactically in the app uh, and on the website should be up uh, on Tuesday. All
2: right. We'll look forward to that. Uh, and we'll also look forward to at letty atletico Madrid uh, hosting Feyenoord. Uh, oh, Look boy. out
3: look out. This is a podcast, Darby. Look is. out
2: um Diego Simeone's side entity looks like it's catching some defensive form in la liga and uh, nobody's nobody's doing anything against them i think under one xg and three straight matches including a win against uh, top of the table real madrid
3: how they're minus 150 in a bit one, they, well, they, they gave up two goals to like the worst team in the league today uh, they're okay yeah, but <laughs> how <Heart. sighs> hard that,
2: that was all luck box stuff doing a bit that was all luck box stuff. it was yes. point what was it 0.72 xg for cadiz yeah just
3: it's
2: just this. and guess what they still won because that's what Simeone sides do uh they're minus 150 hosting uh your your boys the nord were four to one on the money line and you're gonna obviously go against Simeone here because y- you just don't rate the guy so it's it's becoming personal between you and palos uh, mm-hmm. Colchoneros, the matrix m- mattress makers
3: yeah, so no Santi Jimenez uh for uh Feyenoord, which BJ can't wait to tell you because they have no chance without him. He's important. Um he is important and he's very good. Feyenoord just won at Ajax, destroyed them. Uh Who scored. They, they, so he scored twice. It, yes. You have to you have to go look up what happened in that match because uh they, they couldn't finish it the day they started it. That's all I'll say. Oh. Very yeah. dramatic, very upset uh, for some gamblers. But the the uh as far as this match goes, uh, I actually think this number's about right here. So Atleti opened around minus 175, 180, and I would have loved to have grabbed, you know, Feyenoord plus one around minus 110, which you could have gotten. Now Atleti's down to like minus 160, 165, and you got to start laying juice on the plus one. And so um, with Jimenez out, and this not being necessarily great without him, I still lean toward Feyenoord. I'm gonna hope that we get more money on Atleti. and I can get a better price though because I'm not gonna lay big juice for the plus one here on the road. Um, but or to advance tickets are looking are looking good so far. Uh, you know Atleti, the Champions League version that we saw against Lazio was old school textbook Atleti, and I do wonder if you know their defense has fallen off, and so that has hurt their approach in in La Liga because they've had to be more open because they've conceded more goals in like a week to week league setting. But again, and I said this last time too, like the Champions League seems different to me, and they certainly played that way against Lazio and ultimately should have kept a clean sheet, if not for some crazy heroics.
2: Okay, so it sounds like uh, Anthony's changing his,
3: his tune. On, yeah.
2: Uh, at Letty, he will be joining us on... Uh, no chance. Some some futures by the time we get to the round of 16. No chance.
3: Uh, the defense is not good enough anymore. He'll be
1: telling you how they're, yep. there's on them yeah. at 20-1 yeah. to, to win the exactly.
3: Champions League. Exactly. It's funny. I was thinking, Michael, Michael, you think we should invest in Tottenham title futures after this weekend? I was, I was wondering if you had any input on that. Yeah. Right. Stay I think it, basically, be, it might be, I basically
2: a... dragged you to the window to try to bet that. And you said, and I, I don't even know who this, this guy is that this big Greek Australian guy is on how I'll wait. I'll wait until some of my soccer Twitter people start to say that they're legitimate. <laughs> uh, Celtic now plus plus one ninety, hosting Lazio should be a, Wonderful atmosphere in Glasgow. Uh Celtics of home underdog here, plus one ninety. Lazio traveling at plus one thirty-seven. Like Anthony alluded to. Got a snatch a grab point at home against uh Simeone's boys and the draws plus two fifty. I got nothing here. Just can't do it anyway. I already can't do it anymore. Uh so I'll be passing and it seems like all of us will be uh BJ. I mean, any thoughts?
1: I mean I'd lead under here
2: if I were to play anything. But
1: Celtic is dealing with some injuries. You know, Cameron Carter-Vickers is probably gonna miss this match, so uh, that's their best defender, and that's a huge loss. Um, I mean, Lazio has been in awful form <laughs> for uh, quite a while now. They they've beaten Torino, but like outside of that, they've been very very poor. Um, yeah, and Brendan Rodgers obviously is going to play a very you know passive, slow progression buildup. Rather than Postacoglu, who was more high intense, looking to get the ball forward, going quicker, so it's going to be a very very slow paced type match, which really does lean towards an under. But again, you know, Celtic being without their best defender is kind of concerning. So uh, it's a pass for me if we can get to under two and a half or at plus one twenty, maybe a under three at like minus one twenty. I'll up firing on it, but as of right now, I'll be passing.
3: I gotta say, Joe Hart cooked. And that's scary for the under. The goal he gave up to Stangs in the first match. I mean, the first half against Feyenoord, nothing happened. Like, there was zero attempts on goal for really either team. Reasonable. And Stangs hits a free kick that should have been saved. He doesn't save it. And then, of course, what happened in the second half, Michael? Two red cards. Red
2: cards, yeah.
3: uh, And a penalty, and then, you know, a miss. And so it kind of got out of control. But, uh, you know, Celtics' defense was okay, I thought, against Feyenoord. But, again, that was Feyenoord without their two best attackers. Too so like I don't want to I don't want to read too much into that, but this would be Celtic or nothing for me. Lazio is a road favorite here, overvalued as hell. Uh, but again, yep. like the injuries and the goalie situation just scare the shit out of me uh, in backing them. And and we've you know we've seen this song and dance so many times now with 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 these Scottish teams. They never actually get results except for that one Rangers run. So uh, <laughs> probably a pass.
1: They'll still get my heart though. You know and I'll still buy in every single like right when the draw yeah, was announced. Yeah, it, it, I said Celtic to advance just like right off the bat, but.
2: Yeah. All three of us with something on this match coming up. Uh, it's When I say what match it is, you'll probably know where we're going. Te- one of the teams of the podcast, oh, yeah. RB Leipzig uh, at home against so- Manchester oh. City.
3: What a result they got this weekend.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, Leipzig plus 375. City traveling at minus 143 off a loss to Wolves over the weekend. And the draws plus 320. Yeah, Leip- Leipzig coming off the 2-2 against Bayern. Uh, and just have been. It's it's. It feels like a really easy match to to kind of set up. It's this Leipzig team is just fantastic. Like they're very very good, and yeah, they're they're hosting the best team in the world. But they, at home, they just just should not be this high against anybody. Like this is uh, a great number on Leipzig. So I'll be on the money line. Pretty simple one to to handicap for me, Anthony.
3: Okay, so there's a few things. One. Leipzig has a really interesting statistical profile this year because they have run like they have finished at the rate that <laughs> is preposterously good uh every chance goes in for them right now that's what happens
2: when you have team over on your set
3: yeah I mean well they haven't been playing him that's the I yeah. mean, comes in, yeah. well he actually came in off the bench and scored so even when they sub him in he he's been producing but no I mean oponda and and Pau, like they have so many different options that they can do and that's what I like about this team um you know whether it's pausen opanda Almo chavi like sesco like there are so many different players that can fit together and make it work uh it was interesting that you know the market at the same time that leipzig was getting steamed against saturday because that line actually closed like minus 125 130 Bayern, uh on the money line the market was moving against city here because of what happened on saturday now City was a little bit lackluster in attack. The defense stuff I thought was just like, we don't have Rodri and now we're playing Calvin Phillips. And that's just like a big difference in defensive midfield. Uh, uh, BJ bet on Manchester City and they lost (laughs) for the first time all season, which which is really funny. Uh, And I never actually bet the Wolves team total over, which is also really funny. But but, uh, yeah, hilarious weekend. But the... Reality of this match is that, like, if you watch the first half of what Leipzig did to Bayern, pressing in their four four three four three three, taking away all of the space in the middle and forcing everything out wide, City, in the past, you know, would be perfectly fine with that because they had one of the best, you know, crossing fullbacks in the world. Now they're not as dominant out wide; they're much more centrally because Foden and Alvarez kind of occupy those central spaces more so. Then, you know, their traditional wingers would, and Grealish has been kind of in and out. Doku is kind of the one difference maker here. But again, in that system, I think that uh, you know City could struggle in the you know early on, and I expect Pat, Pep to tweak and you know figure some things out. We're going to need at least one or two goals to get to get a result here. But uh, you know, you can go back to the Champions League round of sixteen when these two sides met. First leg, City closed minus one fifteen. That was in February. I think both teams are probably power rated higher now than they were then, so uh, I, I can't get to the difference in the minus one forty five. So Leipzig plus a half. It's gonna be great. Oh, I, well, I mean, they get this result here. That's two for two on the on the toughest stretch in world football. Who do they have this weekend? That's that's the question.
2: Hopefully we can. Hopefully it's hopefully it's like Heidenheim or Bochum or something. And we can just go yeah. against them.
1: It's Bochum.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Bochum at home, though, probably right. It's
1: uh, yeah, Leipzig is at home in that match.
3: Yeah, it's that's
2: yeah, we'll be on Bochum. Don't
3: worry about it. We'll we'll figure it out how to back. Um, it's really bad defensively for Bochum right now.
1: BJ, come on. Yeah, no, I I actually like the under a lot more here under three at even money. Um, we did the same thing last time. I know I did.
3: We all said under, I I think you took Leipzig plus one and a half at City, and I took the under. Yeah. And I was actually in the Action Network office and got some people to bet it. Yeah, and it was uh, seven <laughs> 0 Yeah, but <laughs> that was a that was a banner that was day for, for my wrong. for my clout in the in the office as a, as a soccer capper. That was also
1: the second leg. The, what right. happened in the first leg? It was actually a very very conservative approach from both teams. And City did obviously score. I believe it was around the twenty seventh minute. I think it was Mares scored. And City just kind of controlled the ball. They didn't really take any more chances after that. You know, Leipzig, obviously, like you mentioned, they are a team that wants to dominate the middle of the pitch, and so does City. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't see, like, here's the thing. is like Leipzig knew what they could do to Bayern because they did it earlier this season to them. They knew that they could go out and press them. I'm not so sure that Marco Rose is going to have the same approach and come out and just start trying to press City. I think it's a very dangerous game to play. It will, will create a very open-style match, which Yes, does favor Leipzig, but also it doesn't at the same time. Uh, so City, I think will Pep's going to want more game control after what he's been seeing the last few matches about how they keep getting beat in transition. So I do like under three goals. You know, that first leg, only two expected goals total were created across both teams. Uh, it was very kind of a snoozy 1-1 draw. I think we could see something similar to that in, in this match. I think since it being so early on in the group stage, I think we're it's it's going to be a little bit slower paced than we're expecting. I think you'll see Leipzig sit off quite a bit and try to condense the middle of the pitch and not really press City high as much. So, uh, only projected about two point six goals here, so under three to even money, good enough
2: for me. Maybe we'll get you in. I and mean, I'll, listen, I'll have a round robin with
1: Galatasaray and Leipzig and all these other teams that will just get blown out. But perfect, you know. But for the purposes of this, under three should be a fun one to watch City win seven 0 no.
2: Uh, all right, we'll go pretty quickly through the, the last three matches on Wednesday. Then we'll give out our, our favorite bets for match week two. We'll start with a match with BJ. You're on an island here. Mm-hmm. You're on an island in Belgrade with uh, Red Star plus 115 hosting Young Boys plus 220. The draws plus 260. You do like this team a lot.
1: I do. And I don't think we got to see truly what they are because they had to play the best team in the world on the road to begin. And they did have a moment for us to score it right four half. That was a wonderful moment. Uh, one I will not trade uh, for anything in this lifetime. Uh, but, you know, Belgrade's a team that obviously in the Serbian League controls a lot of possession. Like they're very, very good at doing that. They're very, very good at counter teams that are worse than them, which I think that this young boys team, you can make an argument, is the worst team in this competition. If you look at their number through Switzerland, they were only around a plus a half XG differential per 90 minutes. When obviously i mentioned, I don't know, 17,000 times that Belgrade was a plus 1.26 expect a goal differential per 90 minutes in the serbian league both of those teams by UEFA coefficients or total league transfer value are pretty even when you compare them so i think there's a pretty significant gap here for belgrade uh i think you're gonna see a much different style of play from them one that's caused them to have so much success domestically so plus 115 is too cheap for me
2: okay uh so you're there on your own uh nothing for any of us really with porto and barcelona Porto three to one at home. Barcelona odds on minus one eighteen on the road. The draw is plus two seventy five. I'm I'm kind of tempted by Barcelona, but uh, ultimately, thing I'm going to pass here. Anthony, any thoughts?
3: Not particularly. Um, Barca continues to put up elite elite numbers. Uh, I think they're they're kind of figuring things out. Like they started a little slow, tweaking you know the system, getting Cancelo in there and uh, and getting Gundogan in, like getting figuring out what the fit is for their talent. Uh, and there are some questions. Defensive midfield Frankie de Jong goes out with an injury. He's going to miss time and he's going to be out here. I think, you know, how does that impact Barca? It makes them a little more vulnerable in transition because it means more Oriol Romeu minutes probably isn't great. Um, you know, Porto traditionally, though, like very low block, very uh, transition oriented, not going to have any of possession whatsoever in this game. So, you know, when Barca scores first is what decides this game. If Barca goes up early and they're able to just like strangle the game out, that changes everything. if Porto can, you know, find their moments because Barca has looked vulnerable in transition. Vigo uh especially really impressed in that match and scored twice on them. Uh so, you know, Barca is not infallible, but yeah, this this number about right for me and uh I have no interest in betting this at, this at this number. If it got to like even money, I would take Barca. Uh
2: and lastly, Royal Antwerp is hot on at home against Shakhtar. Antwerp -125, Shakhtar +350 and the draws +275. Anything uh-huh.
1: I don't want to bet Shakhtar so bad here. Yeah, this, I, I, this is so inflated on Antwerp, but both of Shakhtar's usual starting to center backs are out, so that makes things a lot more challenging going on the road to Belgium. But this Antwerp team, along with Young Boys, is them two are probably the the two worst teams in this entire competition. So laying minus one thirty seven against a proven Champions League squad is uh, it's a lot <laughs> to say the least. So yeah, it,
3: it would be Shakhtar nothing here again for me as well. But I, they're such a black box. They're so hard to really realize. And the, like you said, the, def, the backup defenders were so bad against Porto. I thought they actually played a decent match overall. But yeah. they, the, the errors in the space, was there was a lot of it to exploit.
2: Okay. Uh, that's all 16 matches. We, I'm proud of both of you guys. Under an hour uh, to get all 16 done and dusted. But now we'll talk our favorite bets for match week two. BJ, what do you have? Manchester United Galatasaray over three goals at minus 115
1: should be a very fun, chaotic back and forth type match. What you saw from Galatasaray in their opening match against Copenhagen is they are a team that wants to play high intensity and a team that wants to play in transition. They turned the ball over 16 times in their own end against a, den- a team from Denmark. Manchester United has forced the most high turnovers of anybody in the Premier League. So Manchester United can actually play at their best, which is them playing in transition as opposed to being a build-up style team. Well, Manchester United defensively, though, is still down three of their usual four starters across their back line. Galatasaray has a ton of talented attacking players and a team that really wants to do quick transition attacks, you know, play guys off their back line, and they create a lot of chances that way. A team that creates north of two expected goals in the Turkish Super League and a team that can really put the ball in the back of the net against the Red Devils. So should be a very fun, chaotic, back-and-forth type match. So I like over three goals at minus 115.
2: All right, I'll stay in that match. I like Galatasaray on the money line, 6-1. Uh, to one. You just got to keep going against this United side, and especially when you're getting a good number on a team that is pretty good. We're all pretty high on uh, for this Champions League season. United closed as a longer price uh, against Crystal Palace. over so the weekend Palace closed plus 475-ish uh, at Old Trafford. Palace won 1-0, and I don't really think there's that much of a difference between the Eagles and Galatasaray. These are two solid teams. so. Getting six to one just a few days after that performance feels quite generous. So I will take a shot here on the team from Turkey. Anthony, what do you have?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Napoli draw no bet at home against Real Madrid, uh, right around even money. Uh, I think even with Vinicius Jr. back, this Real Madrid defense, potentially without Alaba. And no Militao, like they're they're down to just Rudiger and Nacho as the two center backs, and no Alaba is a, is a pretty significant loss for them going up against Osamen. Uh, and this Napoli side continues to be extremely elite defensively, the best in Serie A, uh, even better than Roma because of shot stopping as well with Mare. So I think that this is a good spot to go against Madrid, where in fact, despite their Champions League plot armor, they have just seven away wins in the last twenty three, and. I think that's kind of instructive in the fact that like, this has still been a flawed team, even though they've always seemed to get that moment when they need it. Hasn't always come in the group stage, though. So Napoli, draw, no bet at home. I think these teams are are close to even in uh, true talent.
2: There we go. Uh, Another episode of Wonder Goals in the books. We will be back, of course, on Thursday morning uh, to preview the upcoming Premier League and European slate. Uh, Things continue to get interesting in the Premier League Wild Weekend uh, that just concluded. So be sure to check out that. Be sure to check out uh, all our other Action Network podcasts. Uh, I will also stump for line change. Our NHL betting podcast, the NHL season, starts a week from Tuesday. So be sure to check out our preview episodes, etc. cetera. Uh, and then, of course, like, subscribe, uh, rate, review, Wonder Goal, uh, and everything else. Five stars, please. It would be very nice. Um, and thank you to our producer, Noah. Thank you to you. Dear listener, for listening, good luck with all your bets. BJ, Anthony, I will see you guys again Thursday.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.